The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Time to close out the week here on the Dunked On Basketball NBA podcast. Danny, going to bring him in, in in one second. Got some more news to get to here. And then a, a topic that is near and dear to some of our hearts. Guys that we think should play a little bit more. And I actually, it was funny, I thought that there were not as many this year as in past years. I think coaches are kind of doing a little bit better job than they used to. Uh, and then also Danny is going to talk about some guys that he thinks could be potential second draft candidates, players who were drafted haven't really worked out in their first destination but maybe could use a change of scenery let's get started though here uh, with some news what do you want to start with let's start with Gallinari so Gallinari has a uh, a partial tear of his glute so he's back out for at least the rest of the 20 of 2017 we don't know how far beyond that and with Blake Griffin of course still being out this is another hit for the Clippers competitiveness and we're getting really really close and probably already there to the point where it is not impossible but functionally close to it that the Clippers will not make the playoffs yeah I mean really it would two of those teams that are on track to be around 500 of the Pels the Jazz the Blazers would have to suffer a significant injury I think at this point to enable the Clippers to get back into it and of course they would have to start playing much better as well they have looked better since Teodosic has returned and still though I think it's uh, quite the mountain to climb for them uh and the hope had been when he fell and suffered that contusion that you know it was just a bruise it wasn't like an actual muscle injury but in fact it now uh the mri has revealed that and intend to reevaluate the injury in january i mean that doesn't even necessarily i, mean, I know he's been ruled out for sure until the new year but if they're just reevaluating it quote in january i mean that could be january 31st i mean that you know there's and if there's a tear it definitely sounds like something that uh will uh continue to to keep him out and certainly for the Clippers this is from an injury standpoint perhaps even worse than we feared with those massive signings of Griffin and Gallo in the offseason but I uh, can't say that you didn't know the risk there Chris Paul also left Wednesday's game which they which they lost to the Lakers Lakers got that win in Houston and Chris Paul left the game so we have to wonder about whether that counts for them being undefeated with him on the floor because of a, a sore right adductor which is a muscle that we're hearing a lot more about because Devin Booker and Anthony Davis have been dealing with this issue his does not appear to be nearly as severe as what they dealt with but yeah. fortunately it uh, wasn't Paul, Paul it's actually a left left adductor by the oh, way oh it's a left adductor uh, okay the same the same as his uh that knee that he had the issue with um you know and, and everyone was worried when it because they 
just called it a leg injury but paul one thing to watch with him too is the muscle injuries i mean you remember that uh, a hamstring issue really plagued him in the 2012 series against the spurs uh and against memphis that year then that 2015 series against the spurs and then against the rockets that year um they, they really and he's very prone to these type of muscle injuries and so they are going to obviously take it pretty easy with him but we had discussed already how shorthanded they were with Mbamute Mute out and now with Paul out it's going to be a ton of minutes I think Harden played 42 and Ariza played like 45 or, or something last night and Houston is getting to the point now where I think you know you really just I know they've been playing amazingly well and they lost it to the Lakers Lakers played a great game last night with Kuzma dropping 38 uh, on seven three-pointers but they got to just get some more bodies on this team that they can put out there that aren't going to just kill them uh and while they did a great job with their kind of immediate depth they have not done a good job with their deep bench depth uh, in houston and one of the other elements that made the lakers win more impressive was that they did it without contavious caldwell pope because due to a plea deal contavious caldwell pope cannot leave california the good news for the lakers is that the next game they play out of california is again in houston and it's new year's eve and then they have a game in minnesota and then they're back again for a long time so it shouldn't be that devastating for them even though kcp has done a very nice job this year just because it looks like i don't know exactly how far the 25 days goes into the season but it should only be two games maximum remaining yeah and back in houston clint capella did not play due to a heel injury that's been bothering him a little bit he had a what was a 2020 game and then uh was uh downgraded to a 2019 game uh after a rebound that he had was given to chris paul on monday uh, but that uh continues to exacerbate their death issues as well and capella you know obviously he played it didn't really get better you know a heel is another one of those things where you know you kind of you can sort of play on it but it doesn't really get better and then maybe you got to miss a game and then you know you have to kind of sit out for at least some sort of an extended period to get it right and another thing that they're dealing with too i mean and this is i don't really know how you can deal with this as a gm is bobby brown is a guy who you know they obviously don't trust as an nba player to play big minutes but he was on houston's roster last year he's buddies with james harden he's buddies with chris paul was essential in bringing paul in and i'm sure it would be terrible for him to move on from brown but you know he's just kind of a waste of a roster spot at at this point for what they need especially to get some more ball handling on the floor right now he's kind of more of a gunner type to the extent that he you know ever was a guy who should have been in the nba made it had a great career in china and in europe but you know and he's now kind of in his 30s already so you know i'm not really sure what they can do uh maybe they can try and make a trade but their second rounders are going to be pretty worthless now uh, they're impacted in terms of first rounders as well you know it wouldn't shock me if they decide to go for it you know but they're already out there 2018 first round pick as well they do also have a little bit of flexibility just in terms of of, of that spending because they're below the they're below the tax but they said so they could get a buyout guy theoretically not right now but a little bit later just to have some depth for the end of the regular season and that's something i would advocate for them should it get to that point along the kind of center line Stephen Adams returned he was in the concussion protocol he is fortunately back he started their game on Wednesday when they beat the shorthanded Jazz and Joel Embiid will miss the next two games which are both against the Raptors but is expected to play in their Christmas Day tilt against the New York Knicks yeah let's keep an eye on this one this is you'll recall he had missed time then he played those 49 minutes in the triple overtime game he had played a ton in their overtime game against Minnesota earlier in the week now if he's supposed to be back I mean you know that's 
that's one of those ones where yeah it might be nice but you don't really know with these sorts of things with a back spasm type of situation and you'll recall of course that he had the back injury in college that ended up causing him to miss the ncaa tournament and then you also recall that that is one of the areas that is excluded uh as part of that non-guaranteed portion of his contract under the exhibit three as well so there clearly were some pre-existing concerns with the back they're targeting him getting back from christmas that is a nationally televised game i'm sure that he will want to come back in that game but again you have to wonder about whether they're going to push it too hard but then they're also you know they're one in seven i think either one in six or one in seven one in seven one in one in seven and that's a major concern for them too they could fall out of the playoff race if he's not going to play but this sounds like at any time you know this is kind of boy who cried wolf here right because philly has really killed themselves with the way they've managed injuries including Embiid last year this the hinky regime wasn't great and the colangelo regime has probably really been worse in terms of their transparency regarding injuries and so yeah you know like i'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish by not being transparent you know just like sell more tickets or like not panic people or whatever but now of course because they haven't been transparent before anything like this and it's like oh are they hiding something is he gonna have to have surgery like you 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 can't trust them now when it comes to injuries so they've really kind of screwed themselves for the long term with that so you're saying we shouldn't trust their injury disclosure process let's move on here well actually i wanted to say one more thing had to get the joke in there but so so i want to walk through i want to walk through joel Embiid's games played recently so he played against the first three games of december including 36 minutes against the lakers then sat out that back-to-back the first game was load management then he sat out the second game so then he said with the back issue then he played 39 against minnesota which i believe was a career high and then he played 49 49 a couple days later against okc and then hasn't played since and so you just kind of sit there and go yes i understand especially when coaches get into the mode of like we want to win this game we want to get into it but you start to see where these things can can go awry and how there needs to be some other voice in this saying hey there are larger elements at play here than winning this one game maybe but i mean it's just it's so tough to be like hey you know what like just it five is. more minutes here we've co- I, I mean and you know we don't know that that's what caused it we don't know that oh if he hadn't played another five minutes like his back would be fine now i mean that's very difficult to say you kind of have to trust the player but players are gonna try and fight through stuff so you know I'm, i i can't say that i would have made some kind of a different decision there now i might have said hey you know what like 30 minute limit during regulation and then you know if he has to go another five that's fine but i mean they're so much better with them on the floor it's very difficult uh, obviously uh, for a team that is you know sort of trying to, to win now but i do see your point danny in this idea that like hey you know what? yeah i know they're trying to win now they haven't been good in a long time but come on here like this is the first year in what should be you know a seven-year run or so well even beyond that it's the first couple months of the first year i mean you need to make sure that you, you, this is somebody who played 31 games in his nba career before this season you want to balance it out in the back-to-backs i understand but it's just you know be, be judicious about it and it's hard because it's it's inexact at least in terms of what we know you know there's obviously a lot more information that their medical staff knows and in most circumstances i give them more deference than i do with the sixers as we talked about but yeah that's something something to consider and just kind of throw in there um jonathan isaac another guy that we really like he re-injured his ankle in their game i think that was on wednesday but fortunately it is not as severe as the ankle injury that kept him out for so long earlier don't have a timetable yet or at least i have not seen one yeah and for the magic evan fournier may be coming back soon aaron afala was able to play in that game against the bulls they got just completely housed at the united center seven straight wins for the bulls at this point um and uh 
Justin Patton, we hadn't heard anything about him. You'll recall him as the 16th pick this year that was weirdly traded from Chicago to Minnesota uh, and then weirdly selecting yet another center uh, by Tom Thibodeau. But he actually now has made his season debut in the G League uh, in the last couple of weeks. We just hadn't heard much after he suffered basically in his first practice before summer league uh, that broken foot issue. So good to see that he's back at least. And, uh, you know, I don't expect we're going to see much of him with the big club, but it was uh, certainly incumbent on us to note that he is back because there had been a dearth of updates on him. Also, Goran Dragic has missed the last two games with an elbow issue, but the Heat were still able to get their second win of the season against the Boston Celtics. They beat the Celtics in a, a game that went down to the wire. Kyrie missed a tough shot as time expired. And so that, you know, the, it's good that they've been able to, to m- kind of make their way through it. But of course, they need Goran Dragic as they push for the playoffs. And uh, in that Kelly Olynyk revenge game, he dropped yep. over 30 points, 12 of 15 from the field and had uh, what turned out to be the game winning points on a monster two-handed dunk coming down the lane on which he actually appeared to hurt himself but that must have been satisfying for him as boston obviously uh did not extend him a contract offer with uh the signing of gordon hayward necessitating them getting rid of linux capital as a restricted free agent um but Does, yeah, I mean, d- heat, quick question yeah. uh, after after you say that go ahead yeah the, the heat have just been decimated i mean more than decimated i've never preferred the term decimated because it like technically just means that only 10 percent of your forces have been lost uh but the heat have been destroyed by injuries i mean and uh, you mentioned that Dragic didn't play and white tide has still been out but uh, justice winslow has been out james johnson has been out and really fantastic win for them at boston considering all those limitations and uh josh richardson's been playing a lot better he too he has been and so so my question was we kelly olenek obviously got a revenge game for a team that rescinded his qualifying offer does this season count as that for shabazz muhammad against the team that rescinded his qualifying offer <laughs> yes of course he he had the qualifying offer rescinded by the wolves and then re-signed with the wolves and uh you know has been uh totally unplayable this year that's one well, thing so actually about yeah go ahead the last thing i wanted to talk about was um so Woj wrote a piece about anthony davis and the prospect the potential of him being traded and i thought the two bright line takeaways from it were that the pelicans are not looking to trade him though he has talked basically he's heard rumblings and so he's talked to Dell demps about like the rumbling and also that Boston is interested has made you know has made overtures in that sort of way neither of those things is yeah neither (laughs) of those things is particularly surprising but it is one of the things that I found interesting in the piece was the idea of how it's structured a lot in the idea that Davis wants to win and that he wants to be relevant and competitive and and also expressed a little bit of frustration of of the young guys that are getting so much shine and haven't really won more than he has which is an interesting point though of course the new thing is always intriguing in that way and we sometimes forget how young Davis is just because he got good so early but he's going to have to probably make the hardest decision that anybody of this ilk has if he qualifies for the designated veteran extension because he will be leaving a ton of money on the table and he already once justifiably so took a full money extension so he's going to have that choice and he might have to choose between being in new orleans for a long long time and making a lot of money or taking a little bit of risk and hitting for agency yeah and some of his quotes in there were telling that it's 
it's just he is competitive against some of these guys especially the bigs that are coming up a couple years behind him the Porzingis the Towns uh, and Embiid and that it's not even just about making the playoffs Uh, he says he understands why he's not in the conversation with some of the best players because he hasn't been making the playoffs it's not even just about making the playoffs it's about actually making noise in the playoffs which is you know I'm sure not necessarily a calculated shot across the bow here but you know hard to imagine New Orleans even if they do sneak in this year making any noise in the playoffs and we'll see what ends up happening with DeMarcus Cousins as well um in Detroit Avery Bradley scheduled as we record this Thursday morning to see a groin specialist today uh supposed to be out at least one more week so that's not good that he's supposed to see that specialist that's usually uh shouldn't say usually but certainly can be a precursor to uh having to have a, a procedure done and uh all right i think that'll do it here we'll uh do a read and then we'll be back uh talk about the players that we would like to see play a, a little bit more than they have been and that actually ties in nicely with the sponsor draft if you love fantasy basketball you need to try what i think is the best fantasy basketball app draft it's daily fantasy basketball but not like a traditional salary cap league you play real live snake drafts with other people like in a season-long league it's a draft that lasts for just one night you don't have to manage it manage it and you're much more likely to win on draft than you are playing in one of these salary cap leagues because it's much harder for pros to enter a bunch of lineups and make it worthwhile to be in in one of these drafts game because it's a snake draft doesn't take that long two to three minutes but they can't anticipate exactly how the draft is going to go and so they can't just field like dozens of lineups the way they do in salary cap leagues Uh, draft even will take care of last minute injuries for you and you can get in pretty much anytime they start every couple of minutes you could join one right now and they start from just one dollar so there's a draft for everyone so come and play draft today download the app anytime just search draft in your app store join a game in minutes or you can play from your computer on draft.com for limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit with my familiar promo code capspace all one word easy to remember because we talk about capspace all the time on the program play a real money game for free right now just use the promo code capspace on your first deposit all right how do you want to do this you want to just kind of alternate on on guys that we would like to see play a little bit more well well first i want to define terms a little bit because what this is not is young players that we just want to see more of because we like them like uh, you could think of a million examples these are players that we think can contribute positively to teams ideally to good teams but you know there are a couple circumstances where that might be a little bit nebulous and so it's it's not that type of like i don't know you could think of a bunch of young players like rookies and all that that we think should be playing more this is contributors that might be in the wrong spot or might be buried or something like that and so as much as i want to say that they don't have to necessarily be young guys the first guy that i have is a young guy and that's Willie hernan gomez i think we talked about this in the 15 and 60 last week but he can be a contributor on a team i think he's you know he is more in the backup line than starting line though he did a nice job last year and center is an oversaturated position overall in the league but when you look at at what he's done this year in very limited minutes i think it was 153 last i checked he was basically a similar player to what he was before he's just been outplayed by the two guys above him so hopefully he could he could either go somewhere else i don't understand this because if he's been outplayed by the two guys above him how are you saying that him playing is i want him to play more somewhere else Ah, i don't want him to play more where he is i want and and in certain circumstances that's how i did it you know you kind of can go either way with this like it's a guy who should play more where he is or a guy who i think should get another opportunity and i kind of group those together and okay yeah i I limited it exclusively to guys who hey coach like you would win more if you play this guy more 
like that. Was, okay. Oh, this will be. I'll I'll, fo- I'll focus that way at the beginning then, and then I'll I'll turn it for the for I'll have some of my yeah. other guys later. Yeah, yeah, because the other one of like guys you know who could blossom in another situation, I think, is a, a different inquiry. But yeah, we can say that for them because I I didn't look into that as much. But I mean, I agree with you that Hernan Gomez, you know, just in general because of the what he represents, the future of the franchise should play more. I mean, it's more likely that he will be around a few years from now than O'Quinn or than Cantor, the two guys who are ahead of him. I know the Knicks are trying to win, but, you know, they could go to kind of a more Steve Kerr approach and play a bunch of centers and hope that the fact that, you know, they're not playing as many minutes can enable them to play harder. Um, so that's, uh, I would like to see more of him. Um, you know, I'm not sure that he's better than what Cantor and O'Quinn have given them so far this year, but I think it would be good just to kind of, when you have that type of depth at a position, I do think it's good to keep guys engaged when you can get a guy in it's not going to be like a huge drop off from where it is you know i'm not saying that like in houston hey let's play you know joe chi just because he's on the roster over some of their better centers you know that's going to be a big drop off whereas with this you know keep a guy engaged keep your guys on the bench i do believe in that you know and i'm kind of more of the like steve kerr greg popovich uh, philosophy there so my first guy uh is wancho hernan gomez now i'm not sure maybe he's just still recovering from mono and he came back pretty early from that usually guys can miss a month or even more at that so he may still be trying to get his wind he's not shooting the ball well he's uh 27 from three this year after shooting very well last year uh he's also been playing nearly entirely at small forward and trey lyles has been ahead of him and i think justifiably so lyles uh, has been outstanding so far this season shooting the ball he's a quality offense player wancho i think has more defensive potential but you know tory craig is playing over wancho right now i know mike malone thinks like oh yeah we need like some defense at this position but i i have not been that impressed with craig's individual defense granted that was against russell westbrook so a uh, tough assignment there but you know tory craig is on a two-way contract like let's let's get wancho out there i think he can contribute more get him some minutes at the four maybe uh some at the three see if he can move his feet a little bit because they're just getting dnps for a guy with his talent is probably not a great idea i mean this is, and keep in mind too this is with paul Millsap out you exactly know, not, yeah that's where i wanted to go with this is that it would be totally different if Millsap was playing because you know Wilson Chandler has been very hit or miss this season more missed than hit so yeah. far he's been but playing with, better lately yeah but, but with Millsap out there you know you have these guys that the coach can trust and that, that have been and can be a part of successful teams but without him Lyles has done a nice job but they're they're still kind of looking for what works and Wancho should be a part of that process because he's a very good basketball player so yeah that's been a frustrating one for me and yeah and one more thing there too Emmanuel Moutier is out now too right so part of what they were doing was playing Moutier and then Will Barton was filling in as a backup three and they've actually been pretty effective with Barton at the three in some of those small bench lineups but now Barton really has to play more as a two or even as a backup point guard and so that should provide some more opportunities for Wancho as well. My next one is a little bit different because it might be that he just doesn't want to play more but David West has been the Warriors best center this year and while he has not been completely confined to the second and fourth quarters it has pretty much been that way and so I haven't talked with him to see whether that is partially you know that he just wants to have be at a reasonable level so that when the situation well, presents or itself, the, I'm sure he would always want to play more everybody does but maybe it's just more of an organizational thing that they don't want to play him that many minutes but even in the playoffs you know it's not like they're like extending him to like 20 minutes a game even. right because they'll be playing Draymond at center a lot and and they'll right. be going to that more they have enough wings if they're at full strength to make it happen and, and and West the other element of it is that he does a really nice job in limited minutes with Steph Curry just because he's he's the best passer of their 
big men. And they basically never play those guys together because of the way they structure their rest. And so I think that's something where it's maybe it's not even necessarily playing him more. It's playing him in a little bit of a different role. And they should do that because because he, he can help them. And it's especially true right now when they're missing so many guys. And when you watch the way their offense flows or doesn't flow in certain lineups, that he, that he could really bring something there. Another guy I would point to, although he's been playing more lately just with all the injuries they've had, uh, is Wayne Ellington. Uh, he 8.2 points per 100 possessions better when he's out there. Deion Waiters has been struggling. Uh, Josh Richardson has been playing better recently, but they the effect that he has on the offense, and he has been unbelievable, takes 87% of his shots now behind the three-point line, which is a great evolution for him because when he first started, you know he was able to take long twos coming off of screens, but really it's only been to the last couple of years that he really has been able to have that type of versatility to his jump shot coming off screens from three but he's been making everything this year last couple games he has been quite as hot but this is a team that as Liam talked about in the 15 and 60 takes the right kind of shots but they're just not going in and Ellington is a guy where those shots are going to go in when he shoots them he's the best shooter on the team and I think he really opens things up a lot for everyone else on that team and with Deion Waiters really struggling I think when they're at full strength I mean right now he's got to play all those guys 30 minutes basically but who are healthy but when everyone else gets back to being healthy I think you know the minutes should be adjusted a little bit more in favor of him and away from waiters so there are a series of guys who thankfully are not on this list anymore because they've been playing more Thomas Sedaransky is a a big example of that however one guy that I think might be making his way back onto this list because of the return of Tristan Thompson is Channing Fry. Channing Fry has been a, a really nice fit for some of what Cleveland wants to do and it is admittedly hard to make their front court work with how many minutes they want to play all these guys but I think they should try to make it happen when they can even just to keep the minutes load moderate for guys like Kevin Love yeah it's difficult to find minutes uh, for Fry and he is a a guy who I think could help another team a worse team frankly but it could still help as a backup big where in Cleveland you know if they're playing Love mostly at center now and then they have to bring in Thompson they really don't like playing Fry and Love together so you're limiting him to maybe 16 minutes to begin with and then if you're going to play Thompson some of those minutes as well and play Love at center now you really don't have much time for Fry but I agree I mean those bench units with him at center in the regular season are unstoppable and it's just when you get in the playoffs you can be attacked just a little bit too much defensively at least that's uh, what Tyron Lou seems to think because he uh, throttles down his playing time in the playoffs but yeah for right now he's a quality player um, but I do think that to be the best version of what they are they got to get Thompson going again Thompson was out there when they had that big run against the Bucks uh, on Tuesday so I don't know if I could say that he like should play more but he's a good player who you know I'd like to see him get an opportunity if not in Cleveland then somewhere else my next guy Darius Miller uh, shooting 46 percent on three-pointers this year and not very athletic you know can't do much inside the arc barely takes any shots other than the three-point line you know the idea that he was going to be like a three and d guy he's not really athletic enough to be a great defender or even a solid one I would say but he is better at those things uh, than Rajon Rondo is and both in terms of the spacing and the defense I would like to see him play more Rondo play less and then they don't have to play each one more at the three anymore and just be totally undersized there and get Drew Holiday a little bit more time at the one I do think playing with Rondo has been okay for Holiday because he can just focus on gunning and he's had some big games lately but the math on Rondo and his effect on the team has not been good they are negative 6.2 net rating with him on the floor as we talked about a couple days ago so I think Miller is the logical guy to play more and then 
they also played Dante Cunningham a lot at the three in the starting lineup uh although with Rondo back now they're going with more more at the three but playing Cunningham at the three again he's just such a limited offensive player that uh, you know anytime a guy just isn't absolutely horrendous on defense and is shooting the percentage that he's shooting from three I think you really got to play more and then he also really never turns it over that's one thing that's really plagued the Pelicans with Rondo out there Jameer Nelson has a 20% turnover rate this year Cousins always a very high turnover player even the usually reliable Anthony Davis with some of their spacing concerns is over a 10% turnover rate which is not bad for most guys but for AD who's been one of the lower turnover high usage players in history that's not great so just getting more spacing out there and having another guy who doesn't really turn it over much I think could help yeah I had trouble with what to put in that spot but it was basically somebody other than Rondo in the starting lineup and I think there is a place for him and and Rondo does the 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 benefit there which you mentioned is is important to emphasize is that it has that change has empowered Drew Holiday to be more aggressive offensively as a scorer and that is a good thing for them but you can do that in a different package you don't have to do that through Rondo because his specific weaknesses are just so severe especially for this team because if when you're playing AD and DeMarcus Cousins together in those minutes you really need spacing in the worst way from every other spot and so it exacerbates some of their problems and Rondo is not the guy he was back in 2010 defensively so he doesn't bring those benefits either so I want to see them try more things and I don't you know Miller is certainly a reasonable option and and so there there are a bunch of different ways that they can go with it and then I had another one where it wasn't necessarily a single player but just figuring it out a little bit differently and that's the Lakers backup guards I still like Tyler Ennis I think that there's a place for him but the bigger one and I also got a lot of this seeing them in person on Monday Josh Hart is a talented player he's not as a young I mean he's he's not a young rookie but he's still a young player has a lot of room to grow but he tries hard on defense he can hit open shots and in the Lakers current construction they can use players like that I think there's a place for him in their rotation I don't know exactly if there is for Ennis especially when Jordan Clarkson has done a nice job but just trying some different things out and giving those guys a real opportunity to shine I think would help them out yeah I'm just uh, I'm not sure who you're going to replace there now in these games where KCP is not going to be playing hard will get more of a chance and obviously uh, they won yesterday in Houston without KCP uh, and Hart shooting about 37 percent from three I've been impressed with his defensive effort doesn't quite have the size you want on the wing to really be you know an all-purpose type of defensive player on the wing but still I, I think I've liked what I've seen from him I'd like him to concentrate a little bit more on taking three-pointers than he has you know for a player with his profile he's not necessarily going to be effective at two-pointers he's been taking a fair number of two-point jumpers so he needs to move those out to three get some more spacing um and then just concentrate on getting straight to the rim or moving the ball on a driving kick if he's uh gets into two-point range but can't get all the way to the rim although you know not a ton of guys on this lakers team to necessarily kick it to at this point and then ennis you know i I don't think he's going to play very much just because lonzo has been good they've got Hart clarkson is kind of a a point guard as well you know i don't think that ennis should be playing over any of those guys it'd be nice again because he is a quality player to just like get him a few minutes to keep him in the mix here but it's ironic i mean he's more one of those guys i think who you know he played well down the end of last year he could really help his former employers in houston you remember that he was just dumped to the lakers uh, after having his option decline in houston which i will admit i fully supported at the time he'd been awful up until the point that his option had been declined and but there are a number of teams i think who could still use some decent backup point guard play and houston is certainly among them but you imagine that ennis will just uh continue here with the lakers and uh, he'll have a, a minimum cap hold this year and, and maybe they could bring him back we'll 
and, and uh, see what ends up happening with him. Let's take a beat. I want because I want to do this and just have it out there of kind of how we would see the Lakers rotation. And for the for the purposes of this exercise, let's count Contavious Caldwell Pope as being around because. The, you know, it's that weird, the weird thing about California, but we can kind of handle the center yeah. position a little bit differently. But by the way, the, the reason that that occurred is because he had that uh, DUI allegation in back in Michigan when he was a, a member of the Pistons. Correct. So for me, my starting five, well, the, let's do the starting four first, would be Lonzo, KCP, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and then Brooke when he's healthy and then when he's not I think I'd probably just go with Randall and just see what happens and then you know try out some other guys try out Bogut the starting center in their big win against Houston and and some other things but I, w- I would say that's where I would start yeah. but Bogut then, by the way uh was on on track to an amazing Keith Bogans in that game they Houston started small in the second half and so Bogut only played 18 seconds but then he actually came back in so the the uh the amazing Keith Bogans was ruined so so that's that's where I'd go in the starting lineup and and what that does is so obviously then Larry Nance is a part of the rotation he's I would say he's probably the the sixth man he and Clarkson are the leads but then I think you can go Josh Hart some other big and then maybe Ennis and Brewer are kind of the last two guys that I'm not sure you go first and second units in that rigid sense but I think that's kind of who I would have in the mix it's amazing to me that Luol Deng is so bad that he can't even play over Corey Brewer although Corey Brewer had 21 points last night uh which was great karma because Houston once benefited from from a preposterous Corey Brewer game that won them that game six in 2015 against the Clippers uh but I mean I guess maybe Dang just you know they have so many guys at the four and Dang the the feeling is Dang just has to play at the four he can't play three anymore um so maybe that's what the reason is but yeah you know I, I think that sounds pretty reasonable to me uh and it would be nice to try and get Ingram some more time with the four as well I mean they really their big problem is just that they don't have enough shooting on the floor with the, this team and so I think playing Kuzma at four if he's going to go seven to ten from three that that helps you a lot with Lopez being out I think it'd be interesting to see how the rotation evolves uh but obviously if you're gonna put Bogut out there uh then you're not necessarily helping your offense either other than uh his uh wonderfully illegal screens which a number of people were commenting about last night one that I wanted to talk about that I'm not advocating for him to just like have a rock solid role but I think Boban has done a nice job for the Pistons he, he's have has his career low PER of 19 because he's bet he is just better a monster in that yeah. stat because he's good at every he's good at the things that are important for that stat and but the but the the way that i would phrase this is to me the assumption should be boban is our backup and and moreland is more the change of pace when we need it rather than what it often seems like which is the opposite yeah moreland has played well i think he's uh i think we had this stat that in charges per minute he was right up there he's had some nice passing as well working from the elbows i mean i think part of the issue now isn't even as much defensively you know where Boban is very vulnerable to shooting centers but also offensively you know he has improved his assist rate although you know he's played like 120 minutes or something this year but his immobility is tough with how they want to play at the elbows because him rolling from the elbows all the way to the basket is a long distance and he can't cover that ground quickly and you know if you throw it to him on the move like he's not really going to be able to make a play um so that makes things more difficult but yeah I mean he's just he's such an unconventional player
there that it's hard to really fit in around him and it's hard to do some of the same things on either end that you would normally be doing and so I think maybe that's part of why he hasn't played as much as we'd like to play he's already 29 too which is amazing to think about um so the idea of him like kind of all right he's going to get better from here on out it probably isn't realistic but yeah I mean I I always would like to see him I think he should get some some run this John Luer you know is still out Van Gundy said basically I'm paraphrasing here but he's two weeks away from being two weeks away uh and he's had this really very difficult to deal with ankle injury that he's had injections in and stuff and he's you know he's not even close to doing any on-court work which is too bad for him but I think Luer is probably their best option at center still but I agree I mean I'd like to see a little bit more from Boban but at the same time he's I understand why he doesn't play more maybe than some of these other. on the other side of the coin I guess it's it's complicated I understand why Jared Dudley doesn't play more but it's not because he's failing in any way it's because the Suns are doing something a little bit different I mean I think Dudley has he's a part of some of the most successful things that they do he provides defense he, he can, he's a part of some of the only successful things that they do right and also one of the challenges with this team and it's why investing in power forwards who aren't elite is a dangerous is a dangerous thing and of course they hope that Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris were going to be elite that's why they drafted them so high but because you can get players that provide other things at that kind of a role and Dudley at the four with them he can help bring some defense he can he, his shooting I think is is much more valuable at that position than it is at the three but they just don't really have a, a place for him in that way so he may be more on that list that we're not doing this time of a guy who'd be better on another team but I still think he should play more because they need to evaluate a lot of the other players on this team Josh Jackson being one of them you know what they're what they have at, at the point guard spot Devin Booker is his own thing I think that I, I don't I'm not as worried about that but I think Dudley gives them a, a better basis for evaluation for a lot of that kind of stuff. And so you don't necessarily, that doesn't be play him 25 minutes a game or 30 minutes a game or something like that, but just give him a shot with different things for a sustained period and see how that works. He has a 9.1 net rating in 193 minutes and it's the Phoenix Suns and they have not been good. So I'm, uh, if you're trying to win games, he should be out there. I realize that maybe they're not trying to win games, but the idea that like that was, you know, maybe it was a little bit of an overpay, but the idea that he he like hasn't produced when he's been out there you know is just that's not true like they play well when he's out there and you know he's playing off the bench so if he's gonna like start or something like that might be might be unsustainable but hey I still think he'll give them more than Chris and Bender have done another guy for me and you're sensing a theme here that just the shooting is really something that I focus in on for a lot of these teams that are struggling offensively and uh, Alex Abrinas shooting up to 38 percent from three couldn't hit a shot early in the year and you know a lot of times it's he or Robertson and Abrinas can be attacked defensively late and I think with he and Anthony both out there late in games you could struggle defensively but I think in the meat of the game it'd be nice to see him play more than he has and you know because the bottleneck for the Thunder is on the offensive end right now and I think that he could help that some and then another shooter I'd like to see Doug McDermott play just a little bit more than he has um when Tim Hardaway comes back they might even consider playing some no point guard lineups to get him out there I'd like to see him him playing maybe at the three with Lance Thomas at the four and Porzingis at five uh but you know McDermott is having a, a nice season he's uh, drawn some praise uh, as a team defender has gotten a little bit better there uh, as well so uh, you know he's already, already playing 24 minutes a game but I think bumping that up just you know by like four minutes a game or so I think it could help uh, this Knicks team uh who else you got I tried to go in a million different ideas with what to do about Charlotte's bench because basically it's just they, they should they should try to try a bunch of 
bunch of different things. I mean, it was very good to see Malik Monk play. He played 14 minutes against the Raptors, though I believe a fair portion of that was garbage time. It was not a game that I watched super closely. But yeah, they got blown out. At they home got by the they got walloped. So it, it very well could have been that. But decimated. But, Actually, no, they they lost no, by uh, yeah. They, they, they didn't lose one tenth of their. Of well, yeah. Well, if they got decimated by the Raptors, that would mean that like they scored like ninety percent as many points as the Raptors, and they did not do that. So it was worse than getting decimated. Do we need to? Do we need to contract Ethan to to give us some better words for this? But let's just never record this early ever again. <laughs> but but so but let's get back to Charlotte's bench. So I, I think that like I wrote at one point I wrote Jeremy Lamb question mark like Travion Graham question mark just just trying out different things and one of the elements when we watched them uh, for that game against Houston that I was reminded of is just trying different guys at the two so that Nikola Batum can play more with the second unit. I think Jeremy Lamb is probably the right guy for that spot, though maybe Travion can do that. One of those two guys just to give them a little bit more I mean, ball I handling. I, I would give Graham the minutes just to see if he can hit shots because I think defensively, actually, he has done some nice things and he's been shooting at, let's see, what's he shooting this year? Yeah, he's shooting at well. In his career, he is 21 out of 46 on threes, which you know all right that's only 46 attempts i get it but if with the defensive promise that he's shown i think you can just run him out there and see whether he can be a help and that maybe you know he could play even a little bit more than mkg who you know we've been kind of disappointed of course in his development Uh, anyone else you wanted to talk about here the other kind of positional group that i went through a bunch of guys and never really settled anything was like i I just like certain other members of the king's big man rotation more than some of the guys i mean willie collie stein deserves credit he's been playing well when he's been able to be on the court this has been his best season so far but i'm still a believer in scal i think they should give him more of a chance and i i like costa kufos he's he's been all right i think he's at about 18 19 minutes a game in the games that he's played this year but i don't know it just their their whole thing is just such a mishmash though i didn't i couldn't be like oh you should play him instead of this guy except that i think they should play scal over damn near everybody but yeah although i mean i i would say this though if our criteria is you actually are trying to win games you know i think kufos is probably better than scal even yeah i would i would agree with that that's just fair i had Kufus uh, on the list originally that, yeah another guy that i had is davis bertans and when they're all healthy i'm not sure how much he should play especially once Kawhi is really back at, at full throttle which he appears to be we're gonna watch him tonight hopefully he's gonna play tonight because he sat out yesterday against portland uh so we can provide some observations on the tour nba show but for bertans they have played well when he's out there uh second best net rating on the team of the guys who, who play best offensive rating basically on the team he and patty mills are out there uh 7.2 net rating overall and i think just the spacing that he provides he just causes them to play a little bit different way and i've liked what i've seen from him defensively to some degree you know he was really buried i'm not sure why early in the season but teams really have to guard him and the times that he's been out there and they've gone to more of a spread pick and roll look i've uh, enjoyed that hopefully they will do some similar stuff once Kawhi is really back at full throttle but you know play he and gay together with aldridge at center and that'll be how they can close games and i think that would be a, a very interesting tack to take but bertans is a good enough shooter I mean, really in terms of his ability to space floor he's better than gay or Kawhi because those guys have the ball in their hand more so i like that anytime the spurs go to a more spacing oriented attack it, it makes me happy so i don't really have anyone else for this uh but if you have anybody else otherwise i 
we can do the the little segment on the second draft guys yeah well, well quickly I wanted to talk about Zach Collins who it's a tough fit with him because he really we saw him in person last week and his three-pointer does not look good right now that was supposed to be some of the hope but he looks like he's really still adjusting to the line it, it takes him a while to get it off he's kind of like leaning forward shooting it out in front of his body so not really very smooth looking but and they've been forced to really go with more two big sets than they might like just because you know Harkless hasn't really been very good this year he's shooting like 26 percent on three-pointers and Aminu has missed time although he's back now but I think Collins to me is who I would like to see more than Myers Leonard or Caleb Swanigan at least and he actually has been playing more Nurkic is back now but Ed Davis obviously is still better than Collins and Collins his overall numbers on the season are pretty ghastly but if he cuts out the three-pointers it starts to look better I just I, I liked his activity he is an excellent rebounder he has a really interesting feel in terms of getting steals you know his steal rate is really high for a big he's got quick hands quick feet and yeah the numbers have not been good for him individually but I just liked how hard he played liked the energy that he brought and I think that's someone who he's, he's got more projectability than obviously Leonard or, or Swanigan so if they're looking for that third big that they are going to play it's a tough fit for him if he's got to play next to another traditional big basically at the four because he doesn't have that type of a skill level yet uh, even on offense and then defensively you know still he's more of a center but he's been blocking some shots and, and I think he's an intriguing player that I don't really know what to make of yet because he has some really weird strengths and weaknesses and he can foul a lot and he can just you know by the way he really got just totally screwed in the uh way that young white centers have been uh since time immemorial uh on in terms of foul calls in that Warriors game but including getting just shoved by David West and like not getting a call for no like West like scored on him and then just like shoved him and you know nobody saw it apparently but anyway uh I just there's something about him that I want to see more of and the other options are so unappealing that I think he should play with those and it seems like that's what's starting to happen well we have been focusing on winning the other value to playing Collins more this year is they need to figure out not only what Yusuf Nurkic's role is but how essential he is because he's going to be a restricted free agent some of that does depend on the market but you know if you think that Collins is closer then maybe you play harder ball with Nurkic and it's always hard when you're a playoff contender and a team that wants to be relevant but it's a big negotiation for them because they've committed so much other money to other guys and a lot of it is immovable or close to it either because the players are good or because their contracts are awful so knowing where you stand with everyone else is important for the Nurkic negotiation all right yeah so who are uh, some of your second draft guys that you wanted to talk about here it's shocking how few there are and some of that is yeah. because guys are getting chances now and so they're seeing it and the other part is that I really don't consider it for players who have two years of fewer in the league you know for example you know like, yeah I, I think there's a very good chance that either Marquise Chris or Dragon Bender will be on this list in the very near future but not yet it's too soon so if you take those guys out then you're you're dealing with a narrower group and what's more interesting is that first of all the clear list for me only had three guys in it and two of those guys it's actually in a way it's their third draft because they've been they've been traded since that and haven't really had a chance in one case it's probably deserved in the other case we don't really know but I'll start with Nolan's Noel I think Nolan's is still he's dealing with his he's dealing with the surgery that he had now but he's going to need another chance wherever it happens and it'd be good if that opportunity came this season before free agency I think that would be good for the Mavericks it would also be good for Noel obviously and there are complications with that he has a functional no trade that he would have to decline because he would lose bird rights but I think that would be worth it for him because it doesn't look like Dallas is going to resign him 
man. So there are, there are teams like I, I I've thought about a couple of different circumstances here that just if you're going to throw a lottery ticket on somebody. But one of the other questions here is, would you try to do that through trade or would you just try to hope that he gets bought out and sign him for the minimum or close to it? Yeah, I don't think anybody would would want to trade for him at this point because there's little evidence that he can actually help you succeed. And you're not going to have if you're a good team and then you're not going to have bird rights on him if he gets traded. So there's not really much advantage in re-signing him if he does play well. Maybe a team that has cap space could just try him out and see. But yeah. Well, non-bird rights at his salary might be enough to pay him. Yeah, potentially. I I guess that's a reasonable point. You know, just 120% of what he was making this year, which was what, 4.2 million? I mean, that's uh, (laughs) pay him is is an interesting one uh, considering the contract that he he turned down. Although Eddie Sefko did report that when he returns, uh, they might just play him to see if he can develop any chemistry with Dennis Smith, uh, which, you know, but it's hard, especially at this point, because uh, Maxi Kleba has been so good. Like he's really has has been a revelation. Well, and uh, and Salah Mejri has done a nice job too. Yeah. Yeah. Mejri hasn't been in the the rotation as much. They've also got Dwight Powell as well, who's been effective Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, KP can take a, maybe not a victory lap, but like, you know, a victory, like hundred meters or so uh, on that one with how well he's played. Still not a great contract, but at least, uh, you know, he's been an effective rotation player this year. Uh, Who else did you have? Sam Decker. It has been shocking to me that he has been such a small part of the Clippers rotation, a piece of the Chris Paul trade and the Clippers, especially after Gallo went out, they've needed forward depth in the worst way. He just hasn't been a huge part of what they've done. And there are obviously things in play with, with guys like that. There's so much that we don't see in terms of practice and everything else, but I think he has the talent to be worth a shot some to be worth a shot somewhere else if the Clippers aren't going to give it to him. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I might I wonder why it is that he hasn't played that much and because they certainly have had need for him. But, you know, I mean, they've been playing like CJ Williams over him. They're playing Jim Wilson over him. So it, it's not and, like... And we should, we should note that he has been playing more recently. It's more yeah, just that West like... Wes Johnson in, has been out. Uh, right. Part of why, like, yeah. like he's basically been playing because they have no other options. So at that point, at that point, he becomes, yeah, he's, he, yeah, and I, he played, yeah, he's been around 20 minutes the last few games. Yeah, I guess I got to watch more of the Clippers again now. Like I've kind of just been avoiding them because they've had so many people out, but like, I guess they're just always going to have people out. So I better just watch more <laughs> of them at, at this point. I mean, I think the last time I watched them was uh, that Twitter NBA show game with uh, Minnesota. Um, all right. So uh, I think everyone is just like on the edge of their seat for a suspense of like whether uh, a certain uh, former religious cult icon to you is going to be on this list. He is my last guy. Yeah. I mean, yes. Hazonia like, <laughs> is an intriguing player. And I think that he, th- th- that for a team, he's a different, a, a kind of a different guy because I think he should probably go to a team that that is going to be either tanking or close to it but just has a few minutes to throw at him and see if it works I mean because the benefit of having him like yeah you'll have full bird rights on him if, if you get him which but you can't go over that that threshold of the declined option which I think is like four and a half million big whoop you're not going to pay him more than that anyway and just try it out I think he's talented he's had a couple he's had a couple of good performances he's you know like I you just see the tools and I I've said before that I don't see starter in him anymore but I still do see the potential for a rotation player and maybe it's as a four I mean defensively that's probably better than the three because he hasn't really shown he can stick with threes but give him a shot second draft that's really what it's for the asset cost is going to be negligible if even existent and and Orlando you know they they're dealing with all their stuff I think they would be better off having somebody who is a more reliable
valuable contributor. So like if they could trade him to somebody and then just use, even if it's a minimum contract on somebody who's more NBA ready, I think they would be better off. Another guy is actually playing a little bit more now that you might consider to be Alex Len, uh, who you know obviously took the qualifying offer, did not appear to have any significant offers in restricted free agency last year, but still has size. And the thing that I've liked about him a little bit more this year is we always talked about how he needs to just cut the fat out of his game, you know, not try and post up, not take a bunch of mid-rangers, just concentrate on being big. He's shown a little bit more verticality around the rim. He's been rebounding pretty well uh, and just like focused on the, the simple stuff rather than like trying to be like this awesome skilled post threat who's going to do a bunch of up and unders that don't work and, and go to jump hooks and like, you know, mid-rangers uh, off a of pick and pop and stuff like that. Just like use his size, use his quick feet, use his uh, rebounding ability. And I think, you know, maybe that he can be a solid cheap center option for someone uh, after this season is over and unrestricted. I'm sure it could be frustrating for him the way this might end up working out where he's he's been productive when he's been playing recently. They've actually put him over Greg Monroe in the rotation. There are a series of reasons why that could be the case, partially because Len has played well. But it is going to be so hard in this market to convince a team that you are the center that you that they need to prioritize, that they need to throw a lot of money at. So it's possible he will exceed the expectations he had for himself by after taking the qualifying offer and still not get a good deal just because that's the way this market is working. Yeah, exceed the expectations on the floor as opposed Correct. to monetarily. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do it. Anything you want to talk about before we depart here? I will have a piece that comes out for Real GM in the, prob- probably come out on Thursday, maybe on Friday, about what is different about this year in terms of the trade deadline. You and I are already starting to think about this for a couple different reasons. And basically the article is about the idea that there are very few teams that really need to cost cut this year because of the rising cap and the margin between the cap and the luxury tax. There's only one team, Portland, that's really close to the tax line and over it. And then there are a couple other teams that will want to, that would like to reduce their bill. But it's a very different year in terms of the teams like Chicago, like Dallas, that have cap space right now in terms of what they're going to get for that. And it's, it's going to be interesting. And this will also, in all likelihood, assuming I have the time this weekend, be the launch of something that you and I are going to start, which I think is going to be pretty fun. I I don't know why I used you and I, considering I'm the writer of the two of us at this point. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey, no, well, I I did some editing at least recently, but that's true, which I'll talk about in a second. Yeah. And so, so we're going to do, I like to think of it as like a commentary track for pieces. And I'm going to start doing that. I have fortunately have permission from my outlets that I'm going to do that with some regularity for the pieces I write. And so that will be an audio thing. It'll be kind of like, you can think of it as a mini podcast for me talking about not only like reading the piece, but more talking about what, what I was thinking when I wrote it and the process of it and kind of how I did it. Cause people are interested in that sometimes. And so they'll probably be in the five to 15 minute range. That would be my general estimate for the time. And this one should be up. I'm hoping I'll do it on the weekend. Yeah. And that of course will be available to our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash Duncan the Rue. Another thing available to our Patreon subscribers, by the way, is Dylan Murphy's video companion to the podcast that he did last night. We talked about these step up ball screens and the timing uh, as when you try to change sides of the floor and timing one action to the next in an offense. So he did about a six minute video companion to that. And that's something that let us know what you think of that. And we might make that a regular feature for Patreon subscribers uh, as well. And then Liam actually wrote a piece, uh, our intern, you know him from the, the 15 and 60, taking a look at the evolving relationship between hitting the offensive glass and transition defense which i actually edited it was like the first writing that i've done in a long time uh 
to even edit that but check that out at, at nateduncannba.com i tweeted it out a couple of times in the last 24 hours or, or so that we decided to make that one public just so uh liam can get his name out there a little bit more but th- that was an interesting article he, he had uh some good conclusions using uh the data available uh, from ben falk's site uh, cleaning the glass so check all that out and uh hey merry christmas everybody by the way we will not have an episode on sunday so we'll be back on monday christmas day very late at night we're going to talk about all five of those games and we're going to be doing the twitter nba show as well on christmas and uh can't wait to do that talk to you all then fantasy basketball fans it's not too late to join the highest rated fantasy football app draft download the app anytime just search draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on draft.com whatever you want for limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use my promo code capspace that's right play a real money game for free just use the promo code capspace on your first deposit at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.